to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance, and this is episode 64. And I am going to be talking about Valentine's Day. I'm going to talk about Taylor Swift. I'm going to talk about books I read. I'm going to talk about the film Freaky. I'm going to talk about the film Valentine's Day. I'm going to talk about WandaVision, episode 6. We're going to talk about impeachment, and I end with a quote. So stay tuned. Happy Valentine's Day. Because it's Valentine's Day, and I'm recording this on Valentine's Day which will be going up on Valentine's Day. So, it's almost been a year since COVID, which is kind of um, astounding, but here we are. Here we are, all together again, minus several people. But I think for those of us that have survived this, we can continue to move forward. And you can wear double masks now. Masks are easily available. Whereas when this began, you couldn't get masks. Vaccines are on the way, and a third one's on the way. So just be patient. Just be careful. Social distance. But with that, um, if you're going out with your significant other, or you know, your wife, or your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, or whoever, Enjoy this time. I mean, enjoy it to reflect. I think Valentine's Day, we don't really look at it as like Thanksgiving where we're being thankful for each other, but I think it can be looked at as that in some ways. I mean, this is the celebration of love. In some ways, this is the holiday of love. And so when you think of it, just, I guess, be kind to one another. That might be one of the best things to do. Be extra nice to everyone. I'm going to the Palm tonight. That's one of my favorite restaurants, so I'm going to enjoy that. You know, so take care of yourself. And now let's talk a little bit about Taylor Swift. Now, as most of you may or may not know, Taylor Swift is my favorite artist along with uh, Nine Inch Nails. But Taylor Swift is different because every album she has put out has been quality. It's funny, the uh, the first time I kind of discovered Taylor Swift, I was kind of hesitant to do it. I was kind of like, well, my guy, I can't, I can't like Taylor Swift. And there was a professional wrestler by the name of Abyss on TNA, and he talked about how he liked her music. And he said, okay, this six foot eight monster can like this you know character who's wrestled in barbed wire and dressed all in black if he likes Taylor Swift and he can go on the record and say he likes I was like maybe I can too so I started to listen and uh, the first album I really got was um speaking now and uh, mine but I've started kind of getting into her on the tail end of uh, Fearless. And I've been a fan ever since. I've bought every single album, I think, twice. 
Um, she's re-recording her albums, uh, which is great. Um, one, the first uh, re-recording of the old albums is Fearless, and that comes out on my birthday, April 11th, so 2021. And I've been looking at the song list, and it's going to have bonus tracks like um, one of my favorite songs is from the film that I'm going to talk about a little uh, later on. Uh, Today was a fairy tale, which I just love that song. It's a poppy song. It's not really her country roots, but I love it. And she's going to re-record that, and that's going to be on the album. I can't wait. I think Taylor Swift is poised to win uh, Album of the Year at the Grammys. If she doesn't, I, I don't know what she has to do. Because this is her time to win. She, uh, her first album, you can see quality. Fearless, you can see quality. Speak Now, you can see quality. Red, wow. 1989, amazing. Reputation, amazing. Uh, love, love's not my favorite, but great work on there. Um, folktale, just her... her or Opus, an amazing album, um, Evermore, great stuff, and now these uh, re-recorded albums, I've just been so excited, so, I mean, with this pandemic has come more Taylor, because she was going to do a lot of traveling, and, you know, tour for Lover, but instead, she's doing, you know, she released a new album, and Folktale is just an amazing piece of work, and so is Evermore. I still haven't really gotten into Evermore yet, because I'm still on Folktale, um, but I heard some of the new tracks uh, that, she's that she re-recorded, um, Love Song, and it sounds different, and I, th I think it, it works, and now she'll have complete ownership of her, uh, her music. I was going to talk about some of my uh, favorite songs here. Uh, next week, I think I'm going to go into more detail about these songs, but Let's talk about um, We Are Never Getting Back Together off of Red. I love that. Uh, you Belong With Me. That's probably my first like real song that I kind of fell in love with. That and The Best Day, which is about her mother. She doesn't really play that as much, but that come, came from Fearless. I love that. Um, yeah, let's go through this album by album because I think that's the best way hearing anything that's my uh, thing so let's start with the first album the first album as soon as it comes up here we are here we are um, well where is it I love the new cover for um, Fearless that she's uh, done for the new re-recordings. But um, Tim McGraw, I love that song off of her original um, album. Uh, Picture to Burn, it's a nice, fun little song. Teardrops on a on My Guitar, that I really love. Should Have Said No. These are all awesome songs. Our song, I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with any of these songs. Um, Fearless. Um, Forever and Always. I've always loved that song. Fearless, the title track, 15, 
Love Story, Hey Steven. A lot of people don't realize that one, but that's one of my favorites. White Horse, You Belong With Me, again. Breathe. Breathe is one with um, Colby Calais. Don't, uh, tell Me Why. You're Not Sorry. The Way I Loved You. The Best Day. These are all some of my favorite songs. And most people don't really think about them when they think about Taylor Swift. I, I love her country phase and her pop phase. Uh, moving on to Speak Now, my first album that I like really went and bought. Uh, Sparks Fly. I've grown to love that. Mime. The the title tra the the um the first like the first song off of Speak Now. Back to December. Speak Now. Uh, Dear John, eh, not my favorite, but I like that one. Mean, the story of us, Enchanted. When I went and saw her in concert, she played Enchanted. Better than Revenge, Haunted, Last Kiss, love Last Kiss. Long Live, amazing song. Ours, um, I, I like Superman as well, Haunted. I like almost every song on this album. Uh, Red. Some people say this is her best album. I remember when I got to New York City, I went and saw, I went and got the album, and Kendrick Lamar was there, and I was more interested in getting Taylor Swift's new album as opposed to seeing Kendrick Lamar, who was there in person, and he wasn't Kendrick Lamar yet. So with Red. Um, some of my favorite songs on Red are, well, I like Red. It's not really known as one of the t the best tracks off it, but I love Red. I love State of Grace. Treacherous is one of my favorite songs. I've never liked I Knew You Were Trouble, but I've grown to like it, but it's just still not one of my favorites. All Too Well has grown into, like some say, her greatest song. 22 is a nice, fun song. I almost do. I mentioned we are never, ever getting back together. I love that song. Stay, stay, stay. It's not my favorite. Uh, the Last Time, that's a great song. Holy Ground, I love that. Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, The Lucky One. A song that a lot of people don't like or don't really realize is uh, Starlight. Starlight's one of my favorite. Everything Has Changed with Ed Sheridan. Begin Again. Uh, the Moment I Knew, Come Back, Be Here, Girl at Home. Once again, all the tracks are just awesome. Great stuff. Moving on to 1989. Welcome to New York. I like it. Not my favorite. Blank Space. I love Blank Space. Style. Style is probably my favorite track off of 1989. Out of the Woods. I like that. Some people don't like that. All You Had to Do Was Stay. That's a good song. My favorite. Shake It Off. A lot of people love that song. Not my favorite. I Wish You Would. Eh, pretty good. Bad Blood. I've grown to like this song over the years. Uh, Wildest Dreams. I love that song. How You Get the Girl. Another like kind of um, you know hidden track that a lot of people don't realize. This Love. I love that song. I Know Places, eh, not my favorite. Clean, Clean is one of my favorite songs. Wonderland, I love that song. You Were In Love and New Romantics, all bonus tracks 
New Romantics is absolutely one of my favorite tracks. As well as Wonderland and You Are In Love. I mean, nobody does better bonus tracks than Taylor. So, uh, I mentioned today was a fairy tale off of Valentine's Day. That's one of my favorite songs. I probably listen to that every day sometimes. Reputation, Ready For It. I've, I've grown to like that song. Endgame is one of my favorite songs. I did something bad. Eh, not my favorite. Don't Blame Me, not my favorite. Delicate, love Delicate. Look What You Made Me Do, I like that song. So It Goes, that's probably my favorite track off of Reputation. And I got to hear her do it when I went and saw her in concert. Gorgeous, love that song. Get Away Car, good song. King of My Heart, eh, not my favorite, but a good song. Dancing with Her High Ends Tied, I like that song. Dress, I've always loved Dress. This is why we can't have nice things. That w During uh, this, uh, the Reputation tour, that was what she would close the show out. I like that song. Call It What You Want, that's my second favorite track. New Year's Day. I like it, not my favorite. Moving on to Lover. I Forgot That You Existed, eh, not my favorite. Cruel Summer, that's probably my favorite track off of uh, Lover. Lover is a good song. The Man, I love The Man. Uh, the Archer, I love The Archer. I think he knows. Eh, not my favorite. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Like that song. Paper Rings. Mm, not bad. Cornelia Street. That's probably my favorite track off of this uh, album. That and Cruel Summer. Death by a Thousand Cuts. I like that song. London Boy. Eh, I kind of feel like it's a throwaway track. Soon You'll Get Better. Great track to her mother. I like that song. Can't really say anything bad about that. False God, you need to calm down. I like it. Afterglow, me. It's nice to have a friend. Daylight. This is probably my least favorite album. I'll be honest with you. Folklore. Now this, she came back with a vengeance, and that was just last year. The one great song, Cardigan. Amazing song. The Glass to Great American Dynasty. I like that song. Exile. Great song. My Tears Ricochet. Mirabal. Love Mirabal. Seven. Great track. August. This is one of my favorite tracks. This is me trying. I like that song. Illicit Affairs. This is my favorite track off of the, the, the actual album. Invisible String, I like. Mad Woman, I like. Epiphany, I like. Betty, I love a Betty. Peace, I like. Hoax, I like. And then the big surprise for me, probably my favorite track off of Lake, off of this, is The Lakes, the bonus track. That's my favorite track off of this album. Evermore, I really can't talk a little enough about Evermore because I haven't really got into it enough. But those are some of my favorite songs. So I'm going to probably do like some kind of a list of, I'll, I'll go through Evermore next week and I'll talk about like maybe my top 20 favorite Taylor Swift songs. And so let's talk about some books I read. I finished Dorian Gray and I was kind of taken back by, um, this was kind of like American Psycho for that time period. I mean, Oscar Wilde is looking at a character who is taking place with, uh, taking part in this hedonistic approach essentially sells his soul for beauty and he has no consequences and he can just 
do whatever he wants. And with that just becomes this monster in some ways. As he'll take life, kill, steal, do anything he, he wants because there are no consequences for him. His life is trapped in a painting. So I really enjoyed this book. I don't have a lot of books to talk about. I talked a little bit about um, The Richest Man in Babylon. I've almost finished that book. Actually, I did finish that book. And I've finished the uh, negative self-talk and how we can help it. I really enjoyed that book. It's a short book. I mean, you could read that, you know, in an hour. <laughs> so that that's a good book to read. Um, Think and Grow Rich. I haven't gotten to that yet, but I'm, I'm going to. And uh, I think I'm going to start the Game of Thrones series. Because I've always wanted to read those books. And when we come back, I will talk about Freaky. So I just finished watching the film Freaky. This is a 2020 film. It's directed by Christopher Landon. The actors in it are Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, Katie Finneran, Celeste O'Connor, Misha Ojevoch, can't pronounce it, Alan Ruck. The music is done by Bear McCreary. I really love this movie. This was a this was such a fun movie to watch. I was glad I I picked it. It was on sale, and I was like. I need to see this movie, and I really enjoyed it. Now, Christopher Landon, if you're not familiar with him, he directed the Happy Death Day um, movies. So he directed Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day to You. I love those films. Scout's Guides to the uh, Zombie Apocalypse. I love what he does with the camera. I think he he's, he's, he's great use of color and everything. I mean, Happy Death Day is one of the few films that is PG-13 and horror film that I actually like. I usually hate PG-13 horror films. And this film, those films I liked. Now, this film is rated R. There's tons of blood in it. Um, it stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, and they essentially switch places. So it's like Freaky Friday meets Child's Play meets... Um, Friday the 13th meets Mean Girls meets Heathers. <laughs> That's a mouthful. But um, essentially, uh, there's this artifact uh, where the uh, main killer stabs, tries to stab um, Catherine Newton's character, and they essentially switch places, which Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn do such a great job of making you believe that these two people switched places. And that, you know, Catherine Newton, you know, she starts wearing leather and, you know, she essentially goes on a murder spree. And Vince Vaughn, the murderer, is, you know, the girl, the girl is in a man's body. And she kind of comes to find that she, her, that she's able to, to, to change her life. By becoming a man, she essentially has the strength to do the things she couldn't do. And the killer is basically just using her body to just do whatever he wants. And they have um, a day to switch this, to switch it around. And it's a nice, fun ride. It's just like, you know, it's like Happy Death Day. It flows really well. 
I love this film. I was so happy I watched this. Um, Bear McCreary does the does the um, the score. He did uh, the new Child's Play films, which I really enjoy. I mean, there's only one, but he he scored that. And I like what he did with that. He scored um, Happy Death Day. So about that. And Happy Death Day to you. I, I love what he did. I, I like the just the little sounds that he uh, is able to bring to these films that is um, unique. Let me read a little bit more about... Um, and I think I'm pretty sure he did... Um, he did the music for... Well, he did God of War as well, the video game, so that's pretty cool. Um, he did the, the Babysitter's uh, Killer. I, I really like his work. I like what he's been able to do. He did The Boy, so he's done a lot of horror films. I was looking to see if he did Ready or Not, but no, he's not done Ready or Not. But this was great. It's great work, and this film is so much fun to watch. I really love this film. I, I was I was taken back by just fun. Just a nice little hour and 40 minute movie that just flows and goes, gets right to the point. I suggest renting it. And if you really like it, I suggest buying it. Because I just loved it. Catherine Newton is so awesome. I saw her in Blockers. I've seen her in, uh, I think she was in, uh, oh yeah, she was in Detective Pikachu. I loved her in Detective Pikachu. Vince Vaughn, you know, has turned into a very uh, good character actor. He's able to play so many different things. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, because after old school, he kind of morphed into the, you know, the Vince Vaughn trope. Whereas here, he can, he's been doing films where, you know, you wouldn't see that so much. He did the Page movie uh, with The Rock, Vince Vaughn, I'm speaking about. I I love this film. It's it's fun. I you can't go wrong. Go go watch it. Now with the yin or the yang comes the next film, which is Valentine's Day. Uh, things I liked, things I didn't like. It's directed by Gary Marshall. It stars. Here's some mouthful. Jessica Alba, Kathy Bates, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Derek Dane, Patrick Dempsey, Hector Elizondo, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Garner, Topher Grace, Anne Hathaway, Ashton Kutcher, Taylor Lautner, George Lopez, Shirley MacLaine, Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts, Taylor Swift. Wow. And the music is done by John... Uh, wait a minute. Changed my it changed my uh, notes here. Why why did it change my notes? I had perfect notes here, and they just disappeared. Well, that's pretty frustrating. All right, here we are. Yeah, John Debney did the score. He did um, the score for um, Sin City. So now let's move on to this film. 
If you want a nice little Valentine's Day with one of those ensemble romantic comedies like New Year's Eve and New Year, yeah, is it New Year's Eve? Yeah, New Year's Eve. And um, he's just not that into you. He's just not that into you. Kind of started this whole uh, process of doing this Valentine's Day. Is the next one that they kind of did of this kind of. Um, it came out in 2010. I'm going to be honest with you, the thing that I wanted to see of this movie was the title track from Taylor Swift, just to hear that song in the movie, because I love that song. Um, Taylor Swift does the um, does the title track for it. Um, she's very young in this film. It's a Gary Marshall film. He did, you know, The Princess Diaries... Mother's Day, Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride. You know, he's very good at those, like, little films that wrap up. I don't really like this film, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of hated this film through most of it. It's two hours. It, uh, yeah, made a, made a lot of its money back. Um, probably went to paying all the stars in it. But it's, um good film. It's basically a bunch of mishaps that end up with uh, them all falling in love. It's much ado about nothing but Valentine's Day. It's a nice date movie, I guess you could say. Taylor Lautner was, you know, hot off of his um, Twilight fame. It's not really a great film. I don't really like it. I don't really have much to say about it, other than I just watched it just to hear that today was a fairy tale in the movie. <laughs> so that's kind of funny and um, Jessica Alba kind of plays a villain in it in some ways so that was kind of interesting uh, Ashton Kutcher is kind of one of the main characters in it Jennifer Garner is good in it Anne Hathaway is good in it Topher Grace is good in it Taylor Swift doesn't really know what she's doing in it but she's trying Taylor Lautner doesn't know what he's doing in it he's trying it's an okay film. I'm not going to hate it too much. I don't like it, but it's a good film. If you want a nice romantic comedy, this is your film. So that's all I'm really going to say about this film. Uh, the music by John Debony. Uh, it's good. He did Sin City, which is one of my favorite uh, films. So I like that. Uh, one of them... Jewel did a song on it, which is uh, Stay Here Forever. I like that. And uh, Today Was a Fairy Tale by Taylor Swift, which uh, I love that song. Love, 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 love that song. If that song wasn't in this movie, I probably wouldn't be watching it. So there you have it. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about WandaVision. Well, you know what? Actually, we're not running too far on time. Actually, no. When we come back, I'm going to talk about WandaVision, Episode 6. So stay tuned. WandaVision, Episode 6. I really enjoyed this episode. I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode, but it's really intriguing. A lot of interesting plot points happen, and it, I think it's going to bridge us to the next episode which will be episode seven. I really liked it. This one takes place in the 90s. It's good. Watch it. Now I'm going to get into spoilers because there's no other way to talk about this show without spoilers. So 
Here's 10 seconds. Okay, so spoilers. Um, here, they open with a Malcolm in the Middle tribute, which was cool. I thought they were going to do a Full House or, you know, a Roseanne, but no, they did uh, Malcolm in the Middle. So you got that fast cut stuff and a lot of talking to the camera. Um, the kids are grown up, a little bit more grown up. And it's Halloween, and they're all d dressed in... Well, Wanda's dressed in her Scarlet Witch from, like, the comic books. And Vision looks like his character in the comic books. And Pietro is now a character there, so Quicksilver. And he's dressed like his character in the comic books. And they talk a lot about... Um, Vision's kind of figuring it out. And at one point, Vision tries to escape, and we realize that he can only survive inside the hex. Um, the, um, the general guy kicks the, uh, you know, the, our three leads out, you know, because they're trying to solve it, solve the process. Um, Darcy and uh, Rambo and uh, John Randall's uh, character... So that's that that was interesting, and they're kind of discovering something really big. Um, they make more mentions to Endgame. Um, they have a cartoon that looks like something straight out of the '90s, like a Lunchables type of thing, and it says, um, you know, Magico or something like that. Um, but Wanda's kind of, you know, in some ways, I think Pietro could be a character trying to extract information from Wanda because he keeps asking questions about how did you do this and she doesn't know. Um, they make jokes about, you know, trying to get water balloons and stuff. So it's cool. It's really, it's filmed really well. And at the end of the episode, when uh, Vision tries to escape, Wanda expands the hex and turns everyone into like a circus and it's really funny the way they, the way they just kind of become a circus, and she's kind of taken over the whole town now, even more of the town. And our three leads are trying to escape, as well as the general. So I don't know, is Doctor Strange going to come in? Which I think could happen. Captain Marvel could come in. A lot of things can go here, but I like this episode. It's really cool. They they have you know. At one point, Wanda asks Pietro, what happened to your accent? He's like, well, what happened to your accent? And they don't really have a good answer for that. Um, the kids are discovering they have superpowers. And Vision uh, sees Agnes and kind of tries to find out what's going on. And that's how he kind of escapes the hex. It's a really good episode. I don't have a lot to, to say about this one, but watch it. So good. I am so enjoying this show. I love this show. I, I can't say enough about this show. It just hits on all cylinders, and it's it's really building up to something, and it's a great way to reintroduce the MCU. So I don't know. I don't think I have much to say. Um, the music is great. Um, the the uh, the nods to um, Malcolm in the Middle were so cool and brought back a lot of memories. 
and it's perfect film to perfect television show to showcase the 90s and the Halloween aspect of it with them all in their costumes is cool and you know seeing her expand um, so a lot of people are thinking is Wanda the villain after all I still think she's being controlled either by Mephisto or Nightmare but those are guesses and yes, we're going to have to see what happens on episode 7. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about impeachment. Impeachment. It's over. Now, this is going to be a time where if you're a Republican and you like Trump, you're not going to want to hear this. So, switch off now. As <laughs> I can't talk about this in bipartisan terms, I'm going to only be able to give you my terms of how I feel with this. So, you've been warned. So, Trump was acquitted, but it was 57 guilty, 43 not guilty. The most bipartisan impeachment vote you've ever seen. And um, we had Richard Burr, of North Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah, Ben Sass of Nebraska, Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, all voting as Republicans to convict Donald Trump. So that's amazing that the evidence was that strong. Now they started off the final day um, bringing witnesses in, but instead they wanted just the testimony of, um, I forget her name, there's so much stuff that happened in this, um, in this last day, <laughs> um, they put in the, the, um, they put in the written testimony that just came out on Friday of the events with, uh, Kevin McCarthy, where Kevin McCarthy had a had a had a shouting match with um, Donald Trump, and he said, "You got to stop this." And Donald Trump's response to it was, "Well, it doesn't. It sounds like they're not. Um, you're not. Maybe they're not as. Maybe those people are more angry about the election being stolen than you." And Kevin Martin was like, "Do you know who you're talking to?" Except he said, "Do you know who the f you were talking to?" And this uh, response came from, I find the, um, the testimony that came from here, because we, they were going to, you know, bring witnesses from this, because five um, Republicans voted to have witnesses. Um, yeah, Herrera but Butler. The congresswoman of the Republican congresswoman came out and said that this happened. So that is now on the record. At the end of this, um, Mitch McConnell painted a, a damning portrait of Donald Trump and said that the law, he did not get away with anything. And he said the only reason we are voting for this man is because, you know, he is no longer the president and they don't feel the impeachment serves the thing. Although, to be fair, Mitch McConnell held up the trial. They, pro they brought the um, 
the impeachment articles from the House to him, but he wanted to do it um, after inauguration. So he shoved it onto the Democrats. So it's kind of, he's playing both sides there. But it was pretty interesting to see right after the verdict was made, Mitch McConnell saying that about Trump and just pretty much say, accusing him of breaking, of, you know, pretty much saying the law should go after him. Now, he's probably doing this because the corporate people want him to, and he really just wants the House and the Senate, and he blames Trump for costing him the House and the Senate. But so a lot of things are happening here, and the New York states have the New York state has a huge case on Trump that would be criminal, and there are civil uh, lawsuits against him. So his time is not over, but he put out his statement, and you know he probably thinks he's emboldened to do this. But now we are going to see the battle between the Republicans. There are the Repump the Trump Republicans against the moderate Republicans, like uh, a Mitt Romney. And that's the battle that's going to happen here because these two sides don't, don't see it the same way. On policy-wise, they do, but on other issues, they don't. Um, and Georgia. Georgia's ramping up the, the investigation into um, the call he made to ask for demanding votes be found and votes be thrown out. And the fact that during this issue, we found out that he was making calls during the riot to try and make, try and, and hold up the election. So it shows how duplicitous Donald Trump is. All the, um, I thought the House managers made um, an amazing case. I think it's going to be studied in law. I mean, they couldn't have done it any better. Donald Trump's lawyers were basically a lot of personal injury lawyers. He couldn't get lawyers that would do this because nobody felt comfortable doing this. So that says a lot about who Donald Trump is, that they didn't even want to represent him in a landmark case like this. But he's guilty as far as I'm concerned. They can say all the red tape they want and say that you can't, you know, you can't impeach a, a president who's no longer in office. I say that's baloney. <laughs> that's nothing. If it, if it was the other way around, they would say you can't impeach a, a sitting president. So they're just going to throw that out there. But it was um, very upsetting to see that verdict. But also nice to see it because seven senators came on board and were willing to risk their political career to convict Trump. So 57 to 43. I don't think a lot of people saw that happening. So that's cool to see that. We just needed 10 more senators and we could have impeached him, but the party lines are so divided. And... Um, but that's where we are. Impeachment happened. Donald Trump is acquitted. But now it's up to Merrick Garland to go after him in the State Department and these civil suits and um, the state, uh, the New York State, which is the big one. And let's see him weasel his way out of that. So a lot of things are happening, but impeachment, the evidence was insurmountable. I don't know how you can... Just look over it 
they they want to try and say that he didn't incite an insurrection. I say that's once again baloney. He did. He knew what he was doing, and he was making calls to do it. And he held up the National Guard for two hours, and it was Pence that came to. And if I was gonna if I was gonna subpoena anybody to testify, it would have been Hogan. It would have been Pence. It would have been Herrera. Those would have been the people I'd want to hear from, and maybe Kevin McCarthy, but Kevin McCarthy and Pence would probably fought it in legal terms, holding it up, and we need COVID relief. So they wanted the testimony in there. Witnesses, we probably still would have gotten the same verdict because, I don't know, they just, it's like he has an R on his name. We have to protect him. But Trump is acquitted, and impeachment is over. And with that, I leave you with a nice quote. And the quote is, Without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. And that's by Benjamin Franklin. Once again, without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. Benjamin Franklin. What I think that means is if you're not going to move forward, saying I'm improving, achieving, and I'm succeeding mean nothing if you're not actually doing it. So if we're not continually moving forward and we're just staying place and you're just saying that those words, they're just merely words. And they have no meaning to anything. And they don't stand for anything. So that, I leave you with that. And I want to say thank you for listening. As always, you can reach me at my handle, at Justin Yance, and I will see you next time on the DMV.